Welcome to Stellar Discussions, a podcast by Public Node members. Public Node is a nonprofit organization led by Stellar community members working together to support the open and inclusive Stellar network. I'm Daniel, also known as MagoFox, and I'm joined today by Steve Walker, co-founder and CEO of Task.io. Steve, it's great to have you on the show. It's great to be here, Daniel, and uh, good for us to be uh, talking together finally. Yeah, it's great. What's well, a funny, funny little story. Steve and I were talking about this. This is actually Steve's second podcast with Public Node. The first one he did with Brian and Daniel made a mistake and accidentally deleted it before I could send it. So uh, Steve was nice enough to come on the podcast again for a second time and talk to me. So really, really thankful for you being here. Let's kick it off with something easy. Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, as you say, my, my name is Steve, and I've been in, I've been building up the task business with my business partner, Matt, for the past two and a half years. My background is I am a, uh, I've been in startups since 2003. My trade has, has always been a technical background, so I've been a, a techie startup founder. I kind of cut my teeth in the tech space in the, uh, in the second half of the 90s where I was working in backbone architecture, sorry, infrastructure in um, internet backbone architecture, uh, working for exchange points in the UK. And um, then left into, arrived in Barcelona 2003 and, and set up a software company there. That turned into a SaaS business 2007. And I've always been, I suppose, heavily involved in how do you take technology and, and use it to do cool stuff? How do you get it to serve you? I drive my kids crazy going on about whether a, a creator or a consumer when they use technology. And you know, that, that's really been the driving force for me as I've, I've gone through my career so far, uh, which has led up to task and the work that we're doing there, which is all about, you know, how do you leverage technology to create positive outcomes? And it's a, it's a, tricky, it's a tricky situation we're in right now because of, you know, with things like the social dilemma coming out, we are in this phase in time where the choices we make and the, the the implementations of how we put tech out, you know, we can we can see how it can lead us down bad paths. And so I, I'm kind of my sort of background and where I've come up to now is an energy and interest in that particular that kind of uh, conflict that we're dealing with currently. Yeah, I love it. Like uh, when I was reading Task and just actually seeing some of the partners and all of that, I just see that you're very focused on kind of the good aspects of using this technology to do good, to benefit people. And as you said, kind of avoid some of those trap lines that we can get ourselves into. Technology is kind of that double-edged sword. I love that. So going back to you, um, your children, so you're saying that you were either the creators or consumers. So just out of curiosity, which direction are they headed that way <laughs> what are they, what is their answer well it's a tricky one they're they're mid 12 now which means they they've deep dived much more into consumer <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and um and it's it just a interesting conversation to have with young teenagers where you're trying to what do you do do you do you monitor or do you just take off everything re, uh, in terms of restrictions so recently i've there's been times where we look at their, their screen time and it's, say, three hours, four hours in a day, and you're like, this is no good. You can't be doing this. So you've got to try and get out below an hour during weekdays, and at the weekend, we say, like, three hours. And what I have done recently is gone, I'm just taking off all restrictions because you've got to, you've got to learn how to deal with this consumption addiction, which we're, we're all dealing with. I was talking to Matt earlier about... I get absolutely sick of myself going onto crypto Twitter and seeing what's going on in, in crypto land yeah. and Twitter. And I, so I have my kind of, kind of 
consumer stuff but then i am sort of filling on the laptop during the weekend and you're building things and you're making stuff and that's so exciting so yeah with the kids it's just a work in progress and i suppose trying to stimulate interest around creation that's always the best way the best way of dealing with your bad habits is simply to develop good ones and the bad habits will look after themselves and and so working with the kids yeah work in progress ask me in um Ask me in like 10 years time, I'll let you know. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, well, your kids are about the same age as my kids. Screen time is always such a wrestle, but at the same time, as you said, they asked me what my screen time was, it'd be pretty bad. So <laughs> way too high. But uh, okay, so let's bring it back to tasks. So tell me tell me more, more about tasks. So I know that very focused on nonprofits, NGOs, what is the technology behind task? And how is task making life better for these nonprofits? In the simplest sense, uh, Task is a mobile app that allows you to connect with your remote teams. And that's a big reason why it's so useful in the nonprofit world, because you're dealing with remote teams, with disaster relief, uh, volunteers, uh, there's, there's people out there doing stuff. And you want to know what's going on. One of the biggest problems for a nonprofit is they don't know what's going on. Their donors know, don't know what's going on. Their key issue is getting money from donors. And the simplest way of getting more money is to let your donors know what's going on. There's the other thing of rewarding teams and that appreciation aspect. So for 98% of people that use Task, it's this mobile app. But for people that want to implement, then you know we have a desktop area where you can go in and you can launch initiatives. We've always had a platform approach, platform in the sense of launch whatever you want. You can create different sorts of initiatives, which means that we have all these use cases, which is um, a blessing and a curse when you're developing a business because as a startup, you know, laser focus route to market is absolutely everything. Then at the same time from, you know, when you're talking to investors to have your scale story is also incredibly important. So you're trying to balance those two aspects. But when you talk about tracking events, tracking what's going on with teams, it doesn't sound so sexy, but those events showing what's actually going on out there and getting a magnifying glass onto people that are creating a real impact. It's incredibly powerful, the reuse of that data. You know, I mentioned donors, but you can then have subjective uh, rewarding. So we, we have awards that we that work using stellar tokens and you know we can tip we can send tips through to each other. So there's a socialization. We talk of economic communities. And I suppose when I look at social networks, I think that there is now this need for us to work out how are we going to create new social networks that either complement or replace existing ones. The existing ones don't work for a number of reasons because the incentive schemes are wrong. And we need to be developing new social networks which have incentive schemes aligned with the outcomes that we desire. And I think economic communities will be something that we will see proliferate out of the digital economies that we're creating around cryptocurrencies uh, and stable coins. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you touched on a lot there. A few of the ones that I recognize just because of what Stellar it is, the reward aspects of it. I, I love that. I love Everybody loves rewards. I love that Stellar can move not only lumens, but any kind of award and token. So I guess in, in theory, every NGO could create their own reward token and tailor it towards whatever use they needed. And it'd be on the Stellar network, which I think is pretty cool. The other aspect they meant is transparency, which I think is actually really, really neat from a donor standpoint. Point. And maybe you can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, just 
this is what I always think is kind of neat. If you look at a lot of websites, a lot of websites all have counters on them, right? People like counters. They want to know how much money you've raised, or they want to know how many members you have. They want to know what you've done. What's neat, I think, probably with that task, and maybe you can do this, is that it could show it almost real time. Like as these events are happening, you could show it to donors. It's not so static on a, on a website. And that's probably motivating not only for the employees, but also for volunteers and then probably motivates the donors to give more money. So am I right in the fact that those are like some of the things that tasks can help these nonprofits deliver on? It is. And it, and it also um, dovetails into uh, an area that we're developing at the moment around smart contracts, because yes, you're, you're absolutely, if you have real-time updates, that's interesting for the stakeholders who want to see what's going on. But then the question is, how do you get the, the funds through to the people that are going to get the stuff done? And then that can become a bit more tricky. But you bring it in with a, so you, you introduce smart contracts then, and you combine that real-time updates with the intelligence, uh, intelligence of a smart contract, then you can start to do all sorts of uh, interesting things. So, I mean, you know, firstly, when we track data, we're always tracking in the blockchain. So, you know, that most of the data is stored off-chain, but we're one-way hashing it. And as we complete the transaction, in the Stellar transaction, we're putting that hash into the memo field. And we'll be releasing more tools, which means that you can go and look at data sets and it reruns all the one-way hashes and says, this data integrity is, you know, this is what happened. This is what happened five years ago when someone was out in the field. It can't be faked. So that uh, immutability around the, the data validation is, is very important. But then you have the interesting financial models that you can bring in when you, you have smart contracts. So two quick examples. One is that um, you can set up smart contracts. The you know, simplest possible smart contract is a, a minting smart contract. So you could, for example, use Stellar Turrets to set up a, hey, we've got an account here which is going to receive funds. And here we're going to mint a token. Let's say, you know, the obvious example, let's go and plant the tree. So it costs you a dollar to plant the tree. That goes into the, the USDC and you use the uh, wallet for the uh, organization. And you say, great, we will now mint a tree token. And that tree token being minted from the issuer account and sent through to the distribution account, the relevance of that is you start to build up this currency where the minting has to be, you, know, you can tie it in different ways to actions. One could be a donor has provided the dollar to go and plant the tree. Or you could change it so that the on task, you track the activity of the tree being planted itself, and then you use that to mint it. So you can, you know, smart contracts, I think, can be used in a useful way because you can then take a currency of trees being issued and say, okay, well, since the point of, of starting this asset, we've now had 100,000 issuances of this token. Let's go and look at the data and see how the total data marries to the issuance What's the value of this token? You know, you, you then end up with a very small, simple economic system. I think that's just one very small use case. And another use case for smart contracts, which I think is a bit more exciting when it comes to organizing and helping nonprofits, is you're bringing donors together. It could be a million people giving a dollar. It could be, you know, three people giving a $100,000. Whatever your situation is, there, there is a requirement to bring people together to put money into a pot. And of course, with a smart contract, you can put rules in, which is, hey, 
you know, this has got to be done in the next 30 days. Otherwise, we return all the, the funds back to the donors. So, and we're only going to go through to the next stage if we raise our full pot of a, a million dollars. So you as a donor can feel secure that we can, we'll only send your funds through if there's enough money to execute and deliver on what we promised. So you have those rules, which we, we hear about a lot in smart contracts. The next stage is, okay, great. We have hit, let's call it a million dollars. We've hit our million dollars of crowdfunding coming in. We now release the next stage. But you can put operational intelligence into that financing. So you may have a rule, which is, okay, first thing to do is release $100,000 to the organization. Because there's no point drip feeding them out with you know, $50. They need something to get the ops going. But then the other 900K, we'll start to tranche out, drip feed it. So as they prove impact, which is what we donors have provided us funds for, then the smart contract will execute on that validated data coming in and release the next tranching of funds through to the organization. So the organization, they get enough money to get going, get their ops up and running. And then on the basis, they keep proving that they're working in line with what the donors want. They've got their funds coming through and you can have an expiry date saying, hey, they've got six months to deliver this. And then at the end of it, we look at what's remaining. We return that back to the donors and we, we close, close this out. And that I'm working on that at the moment as a, what I think is a really interesting use case. Because when we go and talk to, you know, the, we're spending a lot of time, obviously, with a, the Blackboard customer base right now. And donor transparency, ask the question, what model do you need to put to a donor so it's impossible for them to say no and i think if you answer that question you'll start to release loads of funds for amazing initiatives where you you know that your funds literally it cannot go wrong because you're protected by a smart contract yeah there before you give a donation the biggest thing you want to know is it can be put to good use so if yeah. you could figure out that puzzle and prove that it would be uh and if they can't deliver that it'll be returned. That's that's really powerful. So you, you mentioned smart contracts. And so actually, um, it's kind of funny. I was, when I was talking to Matt earlier on a different podcast, your podcast, uh, he asked me about smart contracts and I bowed out. But now you as the, as the tech guy, you're here. So I am curious. So Stellar has smart contracts, but I heard they're very simple smart contracts. And I know a lot of what you've been talking about just there were kind of time-based yeah. elements, which I know Stellar can do. Can you do all of the things that you're mentioning right now on Stellar? Or are you, you going to wait for that? Like, are you hopeful that that touring signing servers that I know some people are working on come through? Or are you going to use another blockchain? We are all in on the touring signing servers. <laughs> I mean, okay. we will do what we can do at the moment with the current tech uh, stack. But I believe my understanding is that we have, apart from the fact it's still beta, we have everything we need to create sophisticated smart contracts. And I, I also, I don't want to make out that I'm a smart contract expert. I'm not. But I am, my, my kind of mission is to unravel the potential from the tech and then get it out into the market. I mean, that, that is absolutely my mission. So, yeah, speaking with Tyler about what we can do with the um, uh, Stellar Turrets, see if it's possible to, you know, the use case that I'm talking about, how far can we go down that? And I'm confident enough right now that we can't go all the way down that that kind of level of complexity with a smart contract. Well, there's always there's always ways. I mean, in the tech world, there are always ways. The question is how elegant a solution is it or not. So, for example, you could probably chain smart contracts together for the moment to come up with a 
a more complete solution. But my understanding is that we can be building a lot of stuff with uh, Stellar Turrets project and going to push that over the, the coming couple of months. So that's actually kind of interesting. So I like that you're banking on that. But the question is, so you picked Stellar before you knew that was, well, you know, as you said, it's in beta. Yeah. So so why did you pick Stellar with it, given that it doesn't have the Ethereum-based smart contract capability, the Turing complete capability? We knew that this was maybe gonna come thanks to Tyler and crew, but did you know that was coming? The TSS was an option or? No. Okay, you didn't know. So why, why did you pick Stellar, I guess, just from the beginning? Well, with Stellar, there's been great serendipity. You know, we picked Stellar in, um, in the middle of 2018. And that was, you know, I was, my, my level of blockchain knowledge now is, is so much more than it was back in 2018. You know, Stellar we picked because you know, low, cost, low cost and fast the APIs were great. We got in there. We could get using it. it there was loads of you know, box ticking that made sense. But did we go in with the best research? Probably not. However, the serendipity that's built up since then has been amazing. I mean, we, we looked at a couple at the time. Cardano was the, the other one, but they've taken a very long time to, to really get anywhere. So, yes, yeah, Stella, there, there was advisors in the task business who were saying, look at Stella. Um, it ticked the basic boxes. But at the time, you know, back, you know, task was initially conceived very much about, hey, you know, we're tracking activity. We can get payments to people. We need technology that does that. And Stellar ticked that box. Where Task is building to, actually, as we see ourselves, as we understand and leverage this technology, is you know, we're, we're building financial services on top of this data tracking business. And Unfortunately, with things like Stellar Turrets, we can we can stay. The more that we can stay inside the Stellar ecosystem, the simpler our tech stack is, and that's that's a good way to develop your product. So it 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 has been serendipity. I can't. I'd love to be able to tell you that we're sort of omnipotent and making all these decisions, but no, it's just there's been a kind of luck of the draw. And the, with the the projects that we're working with, the anchors that have then proliferated in Africa, South America. And again, that has been so lucky for us because it just aligns with what we want to do with nonprofits. Had that, if, if that wasn't part of what Stella were doing, then we'd need to be looking at some way of, you know, swapping value to another blockchain that we could offload uh, locally. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Was that a good uh, answer you know, or not? It's, it's a no, no, it, was, it was great, actually. <laughs> No, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, most of the time when you ask somebody that they say, oh, we researched everything down to down to the, every little detail. And they said, and we found Stellar. But I think yours is just a classic example of it. Sometimes it's better just to be lucky than good. Yeah, you found Stellar just by chance. So good job. Well, um, it's, there were, we did have a we have a great advisor, Daniel, who's had a lot of long term experience in the blockchain space. He's been involved in, in many projects. So we do we, you know, we did have good advisors. But my my kind of my attitude to tech development is you know go at it fast get things out there you know build quick that's always been my i suppose skill set great for startups not not so great for um mature companies so i think some of that serendipity which is you know personally as someone in this what what draw drew me to stellar was that kind of nonprofit philanthropic mission that they have which is one i love the fact that they are a nonprofit themselves yeah. and then i like the fact that you know they're there to bank the unbanked which i think 
you know, some of the reason why you're probably finding some of those anchors in some of those locations where there's people that, you know, where the nonprofits are focusing their efforts are because those are the, those are the places where people don't have banks. Those are the people that, you know, still store their value in, in chickens and, and, you know, livestock and things like that. And so anyway, I, I'm, I'm guessing that all, some of that serendipity was also just because the missions are very similar in, in the fact that here to do good, to use the blockchain to make the world a better place. You know, there is an argument or there is a, I think, a good question, which is why do we have charities? And you can argue that we should not have charities. If we have a a good core system, there should be no need for charities. It's actually absurd, really, where you think we have a a core banking system and and a wealth distribution system, which means that all the people that miss out on it are reliant on underfunded, kind-hearted individuals who are going out to try and do their best against these monster organizations who can push their own agendas. So I think, and for me, when I look long-term on what we're trying to achieve here, whether it's Task or anyone else, or Stella, or you know, for, for us as a community, we are looking to invent new financial models which change incentive schemes and end up with the, the best outcomes for everyone as opposed for a few. And so I almost feel that the the work that we're doing at the moment with nonprofits, it's the elastoplast for an in-between stage. But the questions that we should be asking ourselves are, how do we have the, the Uber moment where you can completely reinvent an industry or way of doing things because you come up with a system that just is so much better? I mean, for, if you take Uber, forget about the recent issues of you know the labor uh, the labor laws that we now associate with uber but think about what it was like at the beginning when you first saw your friend ordering an uber cab and i think with with stella's tech blockchain with smart contracts we're looking to release applications which have a, an uber effect and if we look at our you know the central giants of your Amazons and your Googles and your Facebooks. We want to not compete with them, but come up with new systems that make them irrelevant. And I think that's the mission. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I mean, to some degree, what, what you're saying, I agree with the, the idea of like, we're providing people opportunities and with those opportunities and access to the financial system that they can make their lives better and can, and be part of the, the system that, you know, the bigger developed countries have all, you know, enjoyed the benefits of. I do think that, you know, when you say charities, I mean, a hurricane or an earthquake, you know, can't pull yourself up your own bootstraps on that one. So I think we will have to have teams of that are there to react to those disasters or or even just viruses and things like that, where people need additional help, regardless of where you live or, or how much financial means you have. Yeah, I actually want to transition here really quickly. We have about six minutes left. I want to go. So I know we're focusing on nonprofits, but I was looking at task and I saw a couple of other templates that you had there and some of them that I thought were pretty interesting, particularly as someone with kids and two of those, and you have kids, maybe that was part of the reason why they got into task was the uh, pocket money for kids template that you had. I thought that was pretty curious. And then the other one, well-being of kids in schools. So can you tell me a little bit about those and what, why those landed on task? So my poor kids have been dragged kicking and screaming into the, um, into the blockchain space. They, we created um, POCO tokens, which are stellar token, and we, we pegged it to the type art. And they earn, they, they track activities and they can earn their pocket money. They, they have various activities that we track on the task app 
and it's 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 just a it's a bit of fun. I mean, they can they can get a few a few tokens for doing the washing up, which they should do anyway. But I try and bribe them into doing stuff like if they if they um, complete coding course uh, updates, they can they can basically do quite well. They they get paid like double or triple time on a sort of vague sort of hourly rate for pocket money. So. Yeah, we we have a few a few different categories of activities they can track. Your basic kind of house stuff, uh, education, self education, self learning, sustainability. So you know, depending on on what they do from a sustainability point of view, things like reminding me to take a reusable bag to the supermarket, they they earn these <laughs> tokens, and it's it's fun because. When they want cash now for out in a shopping center, they they can send me poker tokens, and I I'm the bank, and I, I give them the uh, give them the cash to go running around. That's been fun. It's just a bit of fun, but it's you know it, it silly. It's a, it's a small economic community. We've got a couple of households um, who can like send our tokens around. We use it to incentivize the kids, and it's just a bit of fun, you know. The um, well-being in schools—that's that's been driven by my brother-in-law, Greg, who's uh, he's actually an investor in Task. He he's a senior teacher in Malaysia, uh, and he's been implementing Task and working with some other schools, using it to track student well-being inside the school. So there's obviously a growing requirement around that, especially with all the remote learning that's happening currently. Um, and he's been developing out that project. And it's a, I suppose you, how would I say, it's very much a, a, a side focus for for what we're doing. Our, our, our big focus is in the nonprofit space. But yeah, it's, it's interesting. And you know, we've got a, four, a few schools who now use it. Yeah, I think those are great. Like, uh, well, I was looking at your, um, you know, you had your pricing on there, and I noticed that you had a pricing for small businesses, and you had one for big businesses, but you didn't have one for for just the people, the individuals. And so I thought I saw those two templates, and I thought it'd be cool for you to. Uh, so if I wanted to use one, how would I use it beyond the fourteen day free trial that I I see I can get? Well, for in in terms of running Pocket Money app, I guess it would be the lower subscription. That would be the, the twenty nine dollars a month. It's it's not really a focus for us as a business. It it is a it is a bit of fun, but and I know that there's free Pocket Money apps out there that you could use your kids. It's it's um yeah. It's as we've developed the business that focus on nonprofits and and we do some work with for profits as well. Yeah, that that's really where we're driven. Not so much the education space for the moment. Though that being said, we have a one of our biggest customers is called Project Rangit. They just won a won a competition or were one of the uh, finalists in the competition with MIT and a, a trust who's looking to uh, invest in these sort of projects. So they they have a, a course that they track on task, which is all about raising levels of empathy in kids, uh, young kids. And they're pushing that out in India and Bangladesh. And that's perhaps more aligned with what we do because it's all about we're all about scale and gathering data at scale so there they have superpower tokens which um, obviously created on stellar but they're superpower tokens for rewarding the teachers the teachers earn these tokens and they're they're organizing um so making arrangements with local supermarkets so that the teachers can use those to get discounts on food or can get uh, school supplies in at discount so yeah it's a great project 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, there, there's so much here. Uh, I love that. I think you're smart to focus on just one, but I do like the pocket money aspect of it. And actually the well-being on schools, you know, here in the United States, we obviously have some, you know, our kids struggle with some mental health issues and are coming in in violent ways and such like that. And so the idea of being able to track their well-being to maybe get ahead of problems before they become something really terrible uh, is something that that I think is, is really neat. So maybe at some point you can bring that and, and you know develop that aspect of task two a little bit more. But um, well, very good. So actually, before we close out, I wanted to. So I, I read that you guys have a new partnership, or I, I don't know how new it is, but it, it seemed pretty exciting. The Blackbod partnership. So could you quickly tell us who is Blackbod and and what is this partnership and and uh, what, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, well, I'm I'm hoping that we can we we've already gone live in their marketplace and hoping we we have the official press release out from them this week, which would be great. But Blackboard are the they're the global leader in the nonprofit space. They have about forty thousand customers globally. Sorry, forty two thousand, thirty thousand of which are in the uh, nonprofit space. The other 12,000 are membership organizations and education. They are, you know, they're a huge organization, but quite old school. Yeah, they're quite, you know, they've been around a long time and they've now recently opened up a marketplace where they're bringing in people like Task and we're integrating and able to then provide and fix problems for their customer base. So you know, with that, we've got, the number one area to fix will be around volunteer program management, seeing what's going on with the volunteers out in the field, getting that back through to the donors. But they also have finance tools for donors and providing donor transparency. And, and there's a requirement to integrate in a, a you know, blockchain auditing. So where, you know, first thing that we're going to be doing is around the that volunteer tracking. But the second the second phase is going to look about integration into the the financial systems that they have so that we could you know we can offload the blockchain auditing through to their their accounting system but it's it's really exciting i mean my old business uh Idaboo, we we grew that business really focusing on partner integrations unless you're a a startup which has massive pots of cash if you're b2b the key is partnerships and and partnerships is uh you know you, you don't just do the tech work and walk away you it's all about developing the relationships and, and and growing that out over over the course of years. So yeah, that it's very exciting. I mean, they're, they're the number one player in that that space. So hope to have more updates soon. Yeah, very very exciting. I do know that yeah, the, some of that space if they have what they like and it's been working, it's nice. You said they've been around a long time, so trying something new and you know the word blockchain sometimes scares some people away. Yeah. But it's nice that they're uh, that you're there. You've kind of you've got your you know, the nose of the camel underneath the tent, so to speak. So that's, I think that's, it's exciting. Looking forward to hearing more from that when you can share. Well, it's uh, initially, sorry, it's great. Initially, they were quite freaked out about the connection with crypto. <laughs> yeah, it's not new. Because the, when, yeah, we're, that happened. <clears throat> when we were doing the um, the releases on um, places like Reddit, you know, there'd be crypto news, people would grab it and, and sort of republish it and say it was their news. So they, I think they freaked out a little bit. But recently, as we've been doing webinars and, and use case studies with their commercial teams, everyone's going, oh, wow, actually, this is going to fix problems for you know, some of our largest customers. And that, that's really interesting because you've got big relief efforts. We're just really working in Australia at the moment, build, build out in Australia, then move to Europe and then, then the U.S., 
So we're gradually develop the use cases. But yeah, it's it's very interesting. They're they're looking at it and where if you go back to what we we're saying about smart contracts, this is going to be gold dust to take to their their donors and the the customers. So yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, and it's greenfield, which is so neat about it. So you're kind of I love it. There's just so many places, locations. It's global. I mean, there's just the fact that it can do so much. There's so many you know big entities out there that need some help out there, or small entities that and the you know, just all the problems that it can help solve and just the transparency aspects of it. It's really going to be exciting how, well, what Task does with it, but just as the world itself, you know, takes this technology and runs with it. And I do like that it's starting to turn some heads and people are starting to pay attention because, it, I, you know, I'm convinced it's the future. Uh, we will see this. It's uh, for a long time coming. And I think we're just we're just starting to see and imagine how this technology is going to use to make you know the world a different place. And maybe even as much as you said, change the world completely, kind of turn it on its head in, in a good way. You know, as I said, get empower some of those places against some of the big entities and things like that. Yeah, very good. So, be, OK, so here we are, 37 minutes. Anything to say before we uh, as I'll give you the last words before we call it a, a day? No, it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Um, if anyone wants to get in touch, then I'm on Twitter a lot, Steve Walker, without the E between the K and the R. And um, uh, thank you very much for having me on. Steve, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.